You know, at parties, everybody's supposed to be very happy. But perhaps you dislike them as much as I do. Still, as far as go, I think it might have been worse. Do you? Very nearly was a great deal worse. Oh? Thank you. We were, it appears, to be treated to a little dancing exhibition. But now I understand where to be spared that horror. Mr. Lamontoff, I am that horror. It's a bit late for apologies, isn't it? Yes, a little late, I think. Well, same, I'm sorry. I'm terribly sorry. But you're not sorry I didn't dance, are you? Oh. May I ask why? Well, because, my dear Miss... Uh, Miss... Victoria Page. My dear Miss Page, if I accept an invitation to a party, I do not expect to find myself at an audition. Yes, you're quite right. Why do you want to dance? Why do you want to live? Well, I don't know exactly why, but... Uh, I must. That's my answer, too. All right, so uh, this time for this episode, without a guest, Mike has decided to class up the joint and pick a Criterion classic in The Red Shoes. So, if you haven't seen it, this is the story of a ballerina who joins an established ballet company and becomes the lead dancer in a new ballet called The Red Shoes, itself based on the fairy tale The Red Shoes by Hans Christian Andersen. So, in terms of our meet-cute, Mike... When our main characters of Victoria, who is the new dancer, and Julian, who ends up writing some of the score for the Red Shoes, when they finally meet, um, it's when they both have been awarded major parts in the creation of this ballet. So they're both supposed to be at home, either working or sleeping, but they end up spending time together. And they soon have some uh, some pretty pointed disagreements about the direction of, of this ballet. And I think we see right away that it's going to lead to some lead to something. But I was wondering, you know, in most of our romantic comedies, the meet cute happens really, really early, like within 15 minutes of the start of the movie. And this is like, I think it's like 40 minutes in when these characters finally meet, finally come together in any way. So that extended time, do you think it harms the romantic aspects or are we all in on Julian and Victoria from the beginning? Hmm. Well, you're going to have me pick on the, uh, criterion collection here. it's right it sucks <laughs> you know i try to class it up and i can't Garvey. find i cannot find a guest that actually agrees to sit down and talk about this uh what was the other one i was trying to a little behind the curtain here uh ava devarney's uh middle of nowhere couldn't find <laughs> fuck all that wanted to, anyone that wanted to talk about it so <laughs> all you film twitter blowhards you don't care <laughs> you don't care you just it's want true. me to program reese witherspoon movies and you're like sure yeah i'll talk about that easy to find easy to talk about That's okay it. uh to answer your question um because I, i'll just i'll spoil it I, I really dug this movie i'd never seen it before uh i didn't really expect to ballet old yeah doesn't it doesn't really seem like up your <laughs> no, alley I it doesn't like, why is mike recommending me to watch this i don't i don't well, understand <laughs> i uh i did feel like for the show we're gonna you know we're gonna get stuck if we're constantly trying to tie it into either uh an actress or actor that has a film coming out that week or a filmmaker uh we'll go a little more thematic so <laughs> i don't this is probably classing up like red sparrow just a little too much there is ballet um there's no spy craft weirdly in this, in this really dated movie apparently less misogyny than in red sparrow so hmm. who knew 
You know, like well, that's the big complaint about Red Sparrow right now is, you know, it's pretty, pretty abusive, pretty ugly. Uh, oh, there, think, there are a lot of, a lot of Americans like, that are offended by our, our Russian <laughs> overlords are being treated unfairly or unkindly. <laughs> Gee, <laughs> I didn't know it was Disney World over there. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> the world that I know. <laughs> Whatever will I Everything's do? upside down, Mike. <laughs> Up is down, left yeah. is right. Oh yeah, the lovely Russians. How dare Americans portray them as something awful? Um, <laughs> yeah, I disagree with that point. Uh, the red shoes. I did not see the movie. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, well, I've seen Red Sparrow. It was pretty good. It was all right. Uh, the Mike Dennis. There's the Mike Dennison special. It's pretty good. <laughs> I, I liked. Uh, I like that Joel Edgerton constantly has an oh shit face. Uh, as a spy, he's a spy that's constantly unaware of what's going on around him, and I, I adored that. But yeah, my kind of spy. That's back good. to uh, the red shoes. To answer your question, no, I don't think it really sells the romance too much, or at least that's not where my headspace was at. Like, you know, you're introduced to two characters who are only going to become involved because they are passionate about this, the work. This so pretty much all of our our, sort of our love triangle here. They're all passionate about this thing that they're wanting to do. This this has been their respective like dreams to either perform, to write, compose, what have you. So I guess it's passionate if they're disagreeable about the work. It's like you know mm -hmm. it's two people who care about the same thing greatly. Is that erotic to some? Maybe it's I don't know. Passionate. Like, yeah, uh, no. but it's uh, it's not passionate about each other yet. So right. no, I'd, I'd say you could go a long stretch in this film, and let's say that this couple that we're gonna follow—that's all they are, or like you know, uh, coworkers, peers. Uh, mm -hmm. I think you make a very different film, and it's also really interesting. I think it's fine. So I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's a detriment to the film, but no, I don't think I'm particularly. Uh, I'm definitely not all in with this couple, and I don't know if I at what point. I do become concerned about their personal relationship, but it's definitely not early on. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I I'd, I'd seen this movie once before. I kind of was one of those like Criterion sale blind buys. I was like, oh, you know, that looks interesting. I guess I'll, you know, that's worth fifteen to twenty bucks. I'll check that out, and I loved it. <laughs> I love. And then you... I love this. <laughs> this masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth fifteen bucks. <laughs> well, I don't think I knew anyone who had seen it. I'd never heard of it. I'd never heard anyone talk about it. No so one wants to. Bought it. <laughs> if you yeah, ask around, they don't want to talk me, about buddy. it. <laughs> that's it. Uh, but when you brought it up for this show, I mean, I think this really. This will really tell you like what I thought of the romance. You brought it up and I was like, is there a romance in this movie? Really? <laughs> like, because the way the movie opens up, it if anything, it's setting up maybe for some sort of weird, creepy relationship between her and the guy who runs the company, uh, who runs the ballet company. Because they meet, he's clearly entranced by her and she seems like, okay, she's willing to make sacrifices to be a part of this and to, to be a professional ballet dancer. So you're like wondering where this, where this would go, you know, something akin to like we see in more modern movies like Black Swan, uh, that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, this, this kind of young upstart shows, shows up and they kind of build this, it seems more like a competition based friendship than, than a romance. Uh, so I remember being surprised uh, that that it kind of went that route, and I'm I'm not sure. I like I like this movie a lot, but I'm not sure it ever really 
does the work to have this relationship be real? I don't think it's really about that. I don't think they're they're really bothering with that. It's more about the production of this ballet and her passions and his passions as far as career goes, rather than passions within this romantic relationship. Yeah, I would say it doesn't get really interesting <clears throat> until the breakup in this love mm -hmm. triangle from the romance angle. I mean, you have this one phenomenal, what was it, like 14-minute dance sequence? Um, I can't believe you are in approval of a 14-minute dance sequence. Well, is, you know, okay. Well, Fine. First, <laughs> Let me. You know, you're the first one to bring up a musical on this show. Yep. Uh, we did that and awful... defended it somewhat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Listen at you already <laughs> bitching again. <laughs> Still terrible. <laughs> Nothing has changed. And now, Mike. Yeah, that 14 minute dance sequence. Great stuff. Well, I mean, I I guess I'll be a little dismissive to this masterwork. Not so much as you saying it's worth 15 oh, bucks 70 good. years later. <laughs> um, I was watching it on the iPad. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> hey, using my Filmstruck app, you know, I'm paying for it. You know, I'm giving them ask, their... Was it on like time speed or... No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I mean... Minute, 28 minute dance sequence is that... <laughs> I, look, I did wonder um, when it got to that uh, point because I'd heard there's like a, a really great dance sequence and a lot of people were raving about the length of time. And I thought it was going to be sort of like a, uh, you know, very cinephile sort of showy thing, like a De Palma scene where it's like right. you care more about how it was constructed not how it makes you feel uh and i instead i i didn't even realize that it had been going on for as long as it did like i was ripped it doesn't by seem it. like that long no yeah uh and i think that's and important now i have a now i have a diploma version of red shoes in my head you very well could i mean very different the love triangle <laughs> there's there's yeah. definitely gonna be a lot more sex and nudity um yes. in it which would be fine I'm all for it. You know, Mike's I like always behind that more fucking. That's, that's I, like... I mean, I like Red Sparrow. I don't get what the complaints are. <laughs> Let's heat up Russia a little bit. <laughs> they got nothing to live for over there. Miserable fucks, uh, making us miserable as well. <laughs> so they got to ruin some more elections. You know, there's a lot yeah, to do there. It's... Yeah. Um, so no, I I think that um, it's probably not until that like that feels like the climax of the film. That's like you know that feels yeah. like. Uh, another movie I want to do down the road that I guess was also uh, <laughs> somewhat divisive, like La La Land. You know, it has sort of like a mm -hmm. um, almost like winner take all, go big or go home finale to sort of sum up and then like a gut punch. And this one, where it is a classic, where it's a 1948 film, I feel like, okay, this is what we've been building up to. And I find mm -hmm. it so effective when there's like the after effects of what these three people have put together and then like how they <laughs> top that. So uh, to me, it's a really cool looking movie, but the relationship angle doesn't get interesting at all until we get to the breakup. That's when I really, that's right. when I did see it. was like, Oh, we could do this for a grand gesture. I'm not gonna have to pull something out of my ass for this. But Dave, <laughs> this will well, work. That, that makes you wonder. Cause I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little concerned here. What, what exactly would you call the breakup in this movie? Well, okay, so there is obviously there's a breakup at the the like pretty much the final scene. Like there's there's a choice <laughs> put up there. Uh, for me, um, you know, there's there's an ultimatum given uh, mm. with this the the leader of this company. I think it's uh, Lermontov. Boris. 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 Okay, you're, <laughs> the you're on the Russian. You're name. on the first name basis with the guy. Yeah. Well. Um, and you know you have this composer who when we meet him is basically just trying to get credit for his work that this company, mm -hmm. this other composer has stolen Stole. from him. Yeah. Uh, and so he's happy to get a job. He's happy to have his name out there and saying like, yes, I created this. 
Uh, and what's interesting between the two of them is, you know, he he has that drive to where, okay, he's not just happy to basically be getting a wage and saying, you made this part of it. He has the idea that he could create, like, basically entire works. Like, it's going to be his <laughs> show, which is fine. Um, but obviously, <laughs> Boris, uh, Russian asshole, as you called him. <laughs> I don't know if that's in the wiki. I don't think I said that, but that's all right. <laughs> I'm behind that, though. You know, this is uh, there's going to be a little bit of uh, control. He wants to reassert. uh, And I still don't know, and I guess I'm going to toss a question to you, if this the dancer, this woman, uh, Vicky, that comes between them, if it's really about her or if it's about the work itself. And she's just like a part of that, a cog in the machine, and a very important cog in the machine, where it's like the control of her – uh, is the control of their respective legacies. Like whoever can basically acquire her for their company uh, mm-hmm. is going to make their own name. So I, yet again, I mean, this is on the grand gesture. I still don't know if that's entirely romantic, but it's far more interesting to me because right. when you come up, we talked about um, on other podcasts like Mother a lot with Jennifer Lawrence. Um, and Darren what are your Aaron. favorites? Yeah, same as the <laughs> Russians, apparently. <I> just, <laughs> uh, and Red Sparrow. Uh, you know, there's, there was a lot of, I think, talk uh, around that film with how close Jennifer Lawrence uh, and Darren Aronofsky, they had a personal relationship, but a professional one as well. And it felt like everything I read, like a true collaboration. Like the film wouldn't right. exist without either one of them. Right. So that's where I felt like this was interesting was this love triangle is really about if we can just have like, I don't know if it's like a like an anime plot where it's like, well, you have two pieces of this, right. <laughs> this together. Uh, that will make me um, not entirely romantic, but I feel like it's probably far more honest about men in that particular position of creative power. Right. So I, I dug it. Yeah. It's far better yeah, than mother too, by the way, I right. want to get one more jab about mother. <laughs> oh, stop it. Oh God. I can't wait till we, no one ever talks about that movie again. And I love it. And I can't wait. Till I will keep just, uh, banging that drum like, of hatred. Every month, someone's like, Hey, let's talk about this. No, let's not. Let's just stop. Um, but I think you're right. I think that that relationship is not so much about romance, but about ownership and power uh, between these two men. It's a little bit romantic on, uh, on Julian's side, I think he's much more kind of enamored with her, whereas Boris is much more this guy is like, no, I want her for my company. I want her for myself, and I want to kind of place her where where I need her. Uh, it's much more of like it's she's more of an object to him than, than a person at all. But I'm glad we did have the same breakup. Uh, I was concerned the way you're talking. But uh, basically what happens you can say that is every every time I'm talking, really. Yeah, I'm usually <laughs> concerned. Like, oh, God, he's speaking again. What's next? Um, How dare I on a podcast? <laughs> right. Shut up, will you? <laughs> I'm hosting this episode. Um, so Julian supposedly is off, you know, uh, running his own uh, his own show, and then uh, Boris tries to get her to dance in the red shoes one more time. And then you hear, and kind of a clever way to do this, you hear on the radio that, that Julian is like, oh, he's ill and he won't be able to perform tonight. And then he just kind of pops out of <laughs> pops out of this doorway like, hi, I'm here. Wait, what do you mean you're going to dance? And it becomes this like, are you going to choose your passion for dance or are you going to choose me? Um, and she ends up Choosing dancing over him. So do you so think he, that's his grand gesture? Julian's is showing up. showing up. Yep. Leaving his. Well, I mean, think about it this way. He's leaving his passion behind to be with her so they can be together because he's worried she's going to choose her passion over him. 
So I think it's a relatively grand gesture. I mean, a better grand gesture would have been, hey, I'm leaving my job behind. I'm confident that it'll be fine to support right. you and your dancing, even though you're not that with me. Much more, not as yeah. interesting of a movie, but that would have been a better grand gesture. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You want to work things out, but. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so do you think, do you think in this situation, Julian is asking for too much or is Victoria being selfish by choosing dancing over this relationship? Cause at one point she did agree to it. She did say, okay, I'm walking away from this. I'm going to be with you. And now she's given one more opportunity and she chooses the red shoes over Julian. I don't think she's being selfish. Uh, I do think he's probably asking too much. I mean, it's, <laughs> there's a lot of muddied waters here because he is asking too much, but is it a betrayal uh, of their relationship? Sure. Is she, she is betraying him in a way like they're definitely not being upfront about their hopes, dreams, desires. Um, but I, I found the flaw with Vicky more. I suppose it's like how I maybe am dismissive of actors who kind of settle into a type of role or maybe even a particular role. Like, okay, like you hear a lot of criticisms uh, for Robert Downey Jr. Not that he gives a shit because he's making like a hundred million dollars an Avengers movie, but it's like, okay, this is a guy that when he was an up and comer, um, up and coming actor in the nineties, I think people saw a very different future for him. And now, now he's settled into sort of his charming Robert Downey Jr. Persona. Um, I saw Vicky more in that way, and the Red Shoes is certainly better. Like this role and her performance, anything about the Red Shoes is better than any Marvel movie. But Wait, so you're saying the Red Shoes is better than Iron Man? Are you taking that stand? I mean, that hot take. Look, okay, I'll apologize to any you know, film Twitter person that's going to be like, "Well, actually, when's the last time you watched Iron Man? <laughs> it's been uh. a while." But yeah, I think so. I think I'll, I'll go out on that limb. Um, so I guess I'm damning Vicky. In the sense that she doesn't have, by going back to the red shoes, she doesn't have confidence enough to me in herself that she can continue to create. That she's not just that one role. Like, I feel like Boris, he feels that's the greatest thing I'll ever do. And maybe at his age, maybe that maybe he can say, yeah, it'll never get better than that. Because he's had a long career. He's got to do a mm-hmm. lot of things of his own choosing. But to kind of put this on her to make this impression that that's as good as she'll ever be, it's a little disappointing. Now, her lover Julian does not put it that way. He doesn't put it that way. Like, hey, you're gonna do on, you're gonna go and do a lot of great things, and we could make them together. And I need you to make that happen for me. He's just like, uh, hey, babe, what about my shit that's going on? You made me come <laughs> here to watch you dance. <laughs> In your this greatest, <laughs> this greatest role you've ever had. You know, he's not speaking with uh, positivity or confidence about their future together. Uh, that's the only thing I hold against uh, Vicky at all here. Mm. I don't know about yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. you think she's Iron Man in this? <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question. You think Do we're going to make it to the, like the next uh, Criterion no. Collection notes with that? <laughs> Oh, maybe when they re-release the Red Shoes or when they release Iron Man on Criterion, we're going to make the liner notes. Maybe a double disc, Red Shoes and Iron Man. We have got to be the only people who would make that connection. That's fine. I think I think I took um, the Red Shoes as, you know, as symbolic of like kind of not only the best she can do, but this like dream role that she got to do and she got rave reviews. So going back to it didn't feel like 
going backwards to me. It'd be like if, you know, if there was a, you know, if there was a ballerina who went back and did, you know, Swan Lake a bunch of times. Like, I don't think there's any shame in that because it's mm. so, it's so well I've thought. I've seen of. Black Swan. You end up stabbing yourself in the face. You you become one yeah. owner rider. For it's glory. awful. For awful. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> so to me, the villain here in this scene is Julian. I think Julian, he comes off like a complete asshole in this scene to me. Like every time, and every time I watch it, it feels worse. Like I'm just like, what a dick. Like not a, like. If it's you're a little pouty. To, His breakup's yeah, a little pouty. He's like, yeah, he's, he's that's pouty. fine. I see you've made I your guess. decision. <laughs> And if you are going to be involved with an artistic person, you have to be willing to support them when they're going to do their art. You can't be like, oh, I think it's great that you're a dancer, except like now this is inconvenient for me. Like, I don't really like it. So could you stop? Could you just come home with me? Yeah, it's like it's a little bit like the man, the old like, man that buys his kid a drum set, and then when you know he wants to watch, loud. he wants to watch football. He's like, enough, you suck anyway. <laughs> You're not that good. Exactly, and I think it. You know, there's definitely another variable here in uh, Boris. I think Lamontov. I think is his last name, and he's been this like kind of evil force in their relationship from the very beginning. Like it starts off, he's stealing from Julian. He's like stealing his work and he's getting in between these two lovers and he's kind of, you know, throwing a wrench in everything at every turn. So the fact that she's going to work for him is I think the thing that really bothers Julian, but still at some point you have to support, you know, you have to support your partner. Nah, like especially actually, you know what? Don't be a dick. You brought it back <laughs> around. Yeah. Boris is the one that uh, didn't respect this guy's art. Even when it was yeah. at the detriment to his company, he didn't like that they were getting closer. Uh, I feel like Boris is the worst here. Oh yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, he's the villain for sure. But between the two, the two lovers, like I think, I think Julian's kind of a prick in this scene. Like, let her succeed. Let that woman thrive. You know what? Uh, <laughs> if she had chosen Julian, maybe things turn out a little differently for her. <laughs> Looks like she <laughs> fucked up. Well, I think it's a little revisionist history. I mean, I mean it didn't take her long to come to that conclusion as she <laughs> tap danced <laughs> to her death. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. So, uh, in terms of the grand gesture, you could be boring and say Julian showing up was the grand gesture. But I, I decided to make it. Yeah, I decided to make it harder on myself because okay. you know that's what I do. So. The grand gesture immediately after this breakup scene leads to Victoria's likely death in front of Julian. She puts on the red shoes preparing to perform, and as in the ballet, she is no longer able to control her own body. And instead of choosing either performing or being with Julian, she ends up leaping from a balcony in front of an oncoming train. This leads to a final tender moment in which Julian removes the red shoes from Victoria's feet. So... As you watch this movie, is this like really the shoes taking over? Or do you think Victoria made a choice to not give up either her love of dance or of Julian in the end? Hmm. Yeah, I want to say yes to all of the above. I, you know, I took it more as she chose to never give up that fucking role. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was, I was condemning I her. Iron Man forever. <laughs> yeah. I was condemning her for going back to the damn red shoes. I'll tell you what, after that story, after that legend she's created, leaping to her death in them. Uh, yeah. I wonder if old Boris is going to be able to recast and reboot. <laughs> Probably not. Good luck. <laughs> so fuck you, Boris. <laughs> you have to find something else. Um, I wish we could end the episode right there. Just yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm sure, you know, whatever listeners we have would be like, yeah, it's good enough. (laughs) (laughs) 20 minutes, let it go. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a gesture um, in the sense that no one's going to be happy. You know, she, mm-hmm. you know, I guess she's been put in a position where she can't totally satisfy either of these men and can't satisfy herself either with the mm-hmm. professional or the personal. And she wants to have it all. They want to have it all um, and it just can't happen. So to me, uh, I, cho- I chose to skip over that grand gesture. I'm like, that doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nobody's happy. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm not going with that. To me, I actually liked, uh, Boris, old Boris, his grand gesture. I love the, uh, the sequence where, you know, he basically is announcing that she's dead. Talk about a buzzkill to the audience. Like, right. <laughs> or <laughs> ever again. Yeah. Like, Jesus. <laughs> can't dance tonight. She's dead. So guess what? That means can't dance ever. <laughs> we don't have the technology yet. <laughs> I am sorry. Um, yeah. If I was in the audience, I don't know how expensive. I'm assuming they're pretty expensive pretty tickets. Pricey. Uh, yep. you kind of ruined the evening there, Boris, won't you? <laughs> that wasn't the age of cell phones. You know, we wouldn't have known till after. But for me, the grand gesture was, um, he, you know, he doesn't choose, you know, there's no understudy, I guess, or if there is one, he doesn't feel it's right, uh, to relinquish that role to her. They have, they redo it. I mean, not in full, but you see the red shoes put on where they just spotlight where she would have been. And I thought, I thought that was the, the grand gesture that actually worked for me mm-hmm. was, you know, at least Boris, you know, all of his actions saying this is her defining work and maybe the, his defining work as well. Uh, he's holding to that, that uh, he's basically saying that this, this, we can't remove her from this production. I never wanted to. I ruined her life <laughs> to make that point. <laughs> and so by God, I got to stick with it. <laughs> There's a spotlight on empty space. Just imagine that's her. Red shoes. That was the grand gesture that worked for me. Yeah, and also Boris, pretty such gutsy. a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Boris. Uh, and actually, a pretty gutsy filmmaking move too. To you know, to write that like we're just gonna we're gonna have another dance number, but without our our lead, and we're just gonna we're gonna make you aware of how empty the stage is. And I think the movie does a great job of that. And you bringing up Boris's you know moment in front of the crowd, I think it's it's interesting because the emotion of this movie is more based on these other two, but I think the most emotional moment is right there and on, on stage where you can hear his voice cracking mm-hmm. and you feel you, you understand maybe for the first time that at some level Boris did actually care about her. Maybe it was for the wrong reasons. Maybe it was a little off center, but like he is affected by this. And I don't think it's just because his show is ruined for the night. Like, I think he really is upset by what has happened to her do you buy that, or do you yeah. think it's just about yeah. the money for Boris? No, I think clearly he, you know, he values her more than she values herself because she leaps to her death in that moment. And I could see, you know, you you were knocking Julian, but yeah, I could see him using this as some twisted way for his art. You know, using this tragedy because it does feel like that That's sequence. True. Whether you believe it's, you know, the it's something supernatural with the red shoes or if she's having some sort of breakdown where she's she's taking on that persona and dancing to her death uh you know she still dies ish in his arms you know it's it's very <laughs> melodramatic it's very stagey and it feels a little bit it's kind of uh, an icky you know sequence i love that <laughs> so it worked for me that the two of them are kind of playing out the tragedy of their romance a little too mm-hmm. much and with Boris, I, f- I actually feel that's just more genuine. Like, oh my God, like, uh, you know, a person that I greatly respected and probably had a hand in this kind of pushed her to this point is dead. And yeah. 
now the world is just we're just we basically have just lost something great and i'm going to show you what we lost like she's no longer part of this company she's no longer part of this world his does feel more genuine even though for the most part <laughs> he's been a total prick for two hours right. so but yeah i think you do feel some of that regret actually there in that moment i don't think you ever and you don't really get a chance you don't really see what happened you don't see the aftermath of this but like you don't get that regret from julian you get that he's sad that she's gone but not not in the way of like i played a part in this you know i i added to her pain i i caused this at some level where strangely with boris the like mustache twirling villain for an hour and 50 minutes all of a sudden there's this turn and i'm not sure why it works i shouldn't like there's no way that moment should work at all you should you should be laughing at his turn because there's no sign of it before that other than like he he admires her he admires her talent her skill but when that turn happens like it is really effective and it's it's something that I think a lot of movies wouldn't have the guts to do, especially now, is to have this big turn in this one little moment. But it really works, and it's it's it leaves you with this very strange sensation as as the credits roll and as you watch this as you watch this ballet go through without her, you are you feel this emotion for her loss and for uh, and for Boris's loss, but not as much for Julian's because he hasn't really he hasn't really shown that regret. No, he's good. He's gonna he's gonna bang away go back to dancers left and right. Yeah, <laughs> just find the next redheaded dancer. You'll be fine. That's it. Yeah, I, I guess um, you know with Boris and uh, Victoria here, you know her her wanting to come back to that role is uh, you could read it in a more positive way than what I did initially, saying that they have a respect, a greater respect for their accomplishments and what they did more so than Julian, mm-hmm. who's just thinking about. I'm, I can. The next thing I do is gonna be even better. Like he's he's got the swagger about himself, and I guess maybe it's just uh, young enthusiasm that he thinks the best is yet to come. And Vicky's like, no, maybe that was it. Maybe that's so. Just, she found her Iron Man. There's no reason to. <laughs> My God, <laughs> you know, I was using it as an insult, and now you're. <laughs> Should we hashtag this? <laughs> yes, Marvel Avengers absolutely. Infinity yeah. War. Yeah, that's right. Okay, Robert Downey Jr. Whatever. <laughs> Hell, I'll hashtag it Black Panther just because that's the biggest selling thing right now. I... <laughs> it's certainly not Red Sparrow or A Wrinkle in Time. So, yeah, it'll probably be Black Panther for another couple months. There you go. <laughs> Every episode yeah. from here on out. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So in terms of lessons we can take uh, from these movies, have you ever been asked to give something up to be with your partner? Maybe not your dream like Victoria is asked to do, but even something smaller. And do you think – this is ever okay. Or is that for you like kind of a, a line in the sand in a relationship? Like you shouldn't ask me to give these things up to be with you. We have to meet in the middle. Hmm. Well, I mean, if any listeners uh, pay too much attention to our release schedule, you'll notice that I give up <laughs> on editing and releasing podcasts quite frequently. When Don't I, we both, sir. <laughs> when I can, when I can get to it. Stop doing his own podcast. Like, fuck it. Yeah, I think when I tag this one, uh, since we don't have a guest, I'm going to be like with Michael Denniston of all these different podcasts and then at the bottom and Dave of The Grand Gesture. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, do I, I think, you know, in this case, all of them can say, well, this is how I make my money. This is how, you know, I earn my living. So they have a little bit more reason to say, no, I'm going to keep doing this, or I think that's a little bit too much to ask. Uh, Anything that I'm doing as far as from a creative pursuit, 
uh, doesn't have that. It's just a money loser. So it is, it is passionate that way that I enjoy doing like, for instance, podcasting. But what I feel totally comfortable with saying, uh, no, I can't, can't spend time with you. Um, it would just depend on the situation. You know, sure. if, if my wife was like, uh, Hey, we have to move for my job or, uh, you know, we have to go to a wedding or something of that nature. I don't think I can be like, man, this red shoes episode needs to be up in the next two hours. The people are waiting. I'll back so, you up on that. Mike. So, I'll talk to her. Don't yeah, worry. I'm, I don't <laughs> think that, that would help. Uh, I would see myself being thrown in front of a train with, you know, <laughs> <laughs> my red Chuck Taylors on, um, <laughs> So, no, I don't think I've ever been put in that position. There have definitely been uh, relationships, relationships I've had that have not been as serious that I probably have drawn along the sand. Even when I know in my head, eh, I could probably – there's some wiggle room there, but I just don't want to. I just want to see <laughs> how far I can push things. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't think it's ever been as dramatic for me, certainly, as uh, the Red Shoes love triangle here. Not as dramatic as suicide by train. Yeah, that's. I good. I mean I apologize to whatever listeners we have. I don't care that much about you. Um, you know, <laughs> if I'm threatened uh, by a train, uh, yeah, you probably won't hear from us. <laughs> you know, what yeah, the- <laughs> we'll just uh, hold off on that episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think for me, like the the one thing I think of, it's not like a, a creative thing I gave up, but I was, you know, this is more than a decade ago. I was in a terrible relationship honestly and uh, i wanted to go back to school um and i was pressured in the other direction by that partner saying like you know you don't need to go to college you don't need to do this you need to take care of me you need to keep working in this job you're working in because it pays you really well uh and just kind of you know chipped away at me till i was like oh i guess i don't need to do that um and then realized how much i wanted that because as soon as that relationship was over the first thing i did was start applying to colleges so it's like so that was definitely a mistake i think like you said it depends on the situation if it's something like a life goal or a dream that you have and what you want to do and what you want to be then i think you have to draw that line in the sand but if it's like like you said i don't i don't want to go to this event i don't want to hang out with your friends i want to go to a wedding like sometimes in a relationship you just, you know you just got to bite the bullet on that one and you know be a decent person and suffer through that three or four hours and then go home and then you can do your own thing and get back to editing podcasts. Nobody listens. I mean, you can still tweet about your podcast while you're at the wedding. You can sneak your phone away. Um, No, I I would say that uh, from my experience, especially with podcasting, uh, it's probably myself questioning like why do you do this like it's not i don't really have yeah, outside it's pressure true. it's no just no one else tells me not to do it I'm yeah just like, eh. and so it's like you know and so if whoever is listening to this uh out there like it really does help when you get any sort of response to this stuff because for the most part i have these conversations just to have them with dave and after yeah, like even after true. i edit them i don't know who i'm editing them for because I throw it up, I throw it up there and it's like, well, I guess I'll talk to Dave next week about whatever yep. our movies are. And then that's it. It's just this cycle where uh it makes me feel productive, even though right. if I think about it, it's probably not a productive use of time. Yeah. Probably not. Is that it? Should well, we pimp you... our podcast now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just hope you learned your lesson and not bringing this criterion garbage in here because we'll just drag it down and bring up Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah. Because God forbid we just talk about a great movie and not talk shit. Hmm. But, you know, that's who we are. So I'm trying to remember what the next one is. I think it's either going to be, uh, <laughs> you know, I asked for a response to anyone that's listening. Here you go. Here's a test of this. Uh, in April, 
uh, we're not going to do a romance movie with The Rock. Uh, but for Rampage Week, I thought we'll either do King Kong. That, that That's about as classic yeah. as you, you can get with a romance angle there. Um, and it's shorter than the Peter Jackson version, so we'll probably yeah. I was I was the, not considering the classic. The, yeah, I was not considering the, the Peter three Jackson and a half version. hour long. No, uh, or I was going to go with an even better classic, uh, which okay. I believe is our banner on Twitter on social media at Grand Gesture Pod, which is Clint Eastwood in every which way but loose, <laughs> driving around the country <laughs> with his monkey, <laughs> trying oh, to chase uh, down that his is lost the greatest love. thing I have ever heard. So if you are listening, <laughs> you have the power. You can pick which of those two classics. We're going to try to do a classic movie once a month. And those classic are the two story options. Of primate love. That's <laughs> and this monkey. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to beat that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, at Grand Gesture Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, <laughs> we're open for business. Any any suggestions you have, <laughs> the power we'll is yours. We'll do anything. <laughs> we don't care. We'll yeah. make it work. It's fine. But since this is uh, the Red Shoes, nobody's fucking listening. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think that episode was actually pretty good. It was. <laughs> that was good. And now Mr. Stark has prepared a statement. He will not be taking any questions. Thank you. Uh, been a while since I was in front of you. I figure I'll stick to the cards this time. <clears throat> There's been speculation that I was involved in the events that occurred the freeway and the rooftop. I'm sorry, Mr. Stark, but do you honestly expect us to believe that that was a bodyguard in a suit that conveniently appeared despite the fact that... I know that it's confusing. It is one thing to question the official story and another thing entirely to make wild accusations or insinuate that I'm uh, a superhero. I never said you're a superhero. Didn't? Mm-mm. Well, good, because that would be outlandish and uh, fantastic. I, I, I'm just not the, the hero type, clearly, with this uh, laundry list of character defects, all the mistakes I've made, largely public. truth is, I am Iron Man. <laughs> every, way, I, every which way but loose is an inspired, inspired choice. I saw that on Quip today and I was like, what the? Oh, yeah. And I can't remember. I think I was drunk one night talking shit to people, and I found like that night. that poster. And I, I'm pretty sure I was like, "Which account did I make that our banner?" Oh, it's a Grand Gesture Pod. <laughs> Every which way but loose. <laughs> yeah, you could tell you were drunk when you made this banner because you just chopped the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> you just get like you have like the bottom of his arm, I think. <laughs> but does it have the tagline? The tagline tag yeah, is what I want. Hold it there. <laughs> We'll leave it up. It's good enough. Back. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, to be fair, it was probably chopped up on my iPhone where I just took the little square like, yeah, it's good. Yep. There it's we go. Good <laughs> Throw it up. <laughs> <laughs>